Welcome. In episode 18, I'm talking about how to get employees engaged in transformation. Welcome to Transforming Procurement Podcast with Lourdes Koss, the show dedicated to help procurement professionals in their transformation journey. Lourdes believes that procurement professionals have the potential to add great value by becoming the best version of themselves. Hello, friends. Today, I want to talk about how to strategically achieve employee engagement in a transformation initiative. In episode 10, I talked about employee engagement from a different perspective. I talked about inclusion, creating a positive environment, and showing appreciation. I also talked about the listening tour that I did whenever I went to a new agency. These are all important. In this episode, I want to talk about a specific strategy that I use to invite my team to actively engage and author some of the changes that we would eventually implement in the organization. Getting employee engagement is a topic of conversation, whether in person or virtual environment, that has been of interest to many organizations, public and private. Learning about your team's interest and their perspective on how would they approach the transformation process is important. Getting employee engagement has been the point of conversation in many organizations now for many years. Making people part of the solution in a transformation process is critical. When you lead a transformation, you quickly realize that you cannot do it alone. You need to recruit the help of everyone around you and those that offer any help. You need all the help you can get. And the thing is that employee engagement has an impact to the overall success of the entity. But how do you get employees to want to actively engage in the transformation of the organization? There are a couple of strategies that I use that prove to be very effective in many fronts. But in order to maximize the benefits of the strategy, the leader must first prepare. I'd say that there are at least three important steps that need to take place before implementing the strategy. These steps are, first, it's uh, connect. Not just communicate with your team, it is important to try to connect with each one of them. Step two is get buy-in as a leader. Before people buy into your ideas, they have to buy into the leader. My friend and mentor John Maxwell says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that there are three questions in a person's mind before they decide to trust the leader. And it is the leader's actions that are going to help clear these questions. The first question that John Maxwell says leaders need to be concerned with is the question of, can I trust you? The second one is, 
Do you care about me? And the third is, can you help me? Once these three questions are answered in the person's mind, then they care about how much you know, your competence to lead them to a better place. And then step three, use the information from the listening tour to develop your strategy for engaging your team in a way that helps them take ownership of the changes that are necessary to improve the operation. Part of your assessment is to determine if you have the right people in the bus and in the right seats in that bus. In addition to doing that, you want to understand any special talents and interests of your team so that you can be as creative and strategic as possible in finding ways in which you can leverage everyone's talents and interests for the good of the whole. When it comes to improvements, your team is the best equipped to provide information about the operation. You just have to get them started by providing some coaching. I'll talk about the importance of coaching in a different episode, but it is something that every leader should learn how to do or get a coach to assist them in the process. I have done both. I've done a little bit of the coaching in the day-to-day and have gotten outside help to assist me with getting everyone performing at their best. The strategy that I am going to describe is scalable. You can use it with a big or small group, and you can adapt the concept at different levels in the organization. You're going to have to set up rules, of course, up front, like anything else. And this is so that everyone understands the role and the objective of the collaborative work that they're going to engage in. And if you're strategic about it, you will be able to accomplish not only the processes and areas that need to be improved, but also you'll be able to offer leadership opportunities. This means that your team will get to practice leadership in a safe, supportive, and controlled environment. To me, this is key because I wanted to make sure that my team was prepared to lead and really be ambassadors of the departments everywhere that they went. Think about it. Whenever a procurement professional of your team is out meeting with the end user, they're representing the entire department. So it is a big responsibility that they need to execute with grace, pride, and excellence. I have to go back to the listening tour that I talked about in a previous episode. When I met with each person, both internally and externally uh, to the department, I gather a lot of information of what end users were looking for, what the themes seemed to be, and so forth. Likewise, I was able to gather sufficient information from my my own team in those conversations. One of the things that I asked was what they thought needed to happen to help improve the procurement operation. Somehow, themes 
that came up in each of the agencies were very, very similar. And this is considering the fact that I worked in two different states. There were four themes that came up. One, process improvement. The second one, communication. Third one was training. And then the last one was technology. These were areas that people identify as areas that needed to be upgraded and given attention first. So I established four internal strategic improvement teams. This is a strategy that I learned when I was at the city of Chicago. I actually learned it from Mary Dempsey, who was the commissioner of the Chicago Public Libraries at the time. Based on the information that I gather in the listening tour, I put people in groups, those four groups. So the way the teams would work is that I didn't want a current manager to lead the team. One of the purposes of the strategy was to help develop leadership skills and give people the opportunity to lead and be responsible for an improvement project. Sometimes I would ask them to choose a leader, or I would designate the leader or a spokesperson who would be responsible for communicating what they were working on and the projects that they had identified. There were times when projects crossed different teams and it was an opportunity for them to collaborate. People had the option to be in more than one team if they so desired. The next step after designating the groups was to decide when they were going to meet. Fridays was a popular day to meet as opposed to the middle of the week when we were getting so many requests from different directions. So this was the first decision that they had to make. When were they going to meet and how frequently? Depending on the environment, say I designated the leader of the team, I would put the caveat that they may rotate the responsibility so that everyone had the opportunity to lead. The next thing that they would do was to brainstorm about the things that they could do in their particular area to improve the operation. I would give them some ideas to get them started in their thinking and brainstorming process. For example, say the training team came up with a training program for end users on the key things that they needed to know about going through the procurement process. Then maybe the process improvement team would complement that by developing a quick reference guide to give to end users so that they had a one-page document with thresholds, methods, and the things that they needed to submit whenever they were going through a procurement. This would be a one-page document that they would leave behind once they completed the training. The Quick Reference Guide is an idea that I came up with in one of the agencies and shared with the team to help them kind of get started. Each agency was different, so it looked different in in each agency. 
The good thing about this improvement team strategy is that you can accomplish it virtually. So even if you had the need to go virtual, the teams can still meet and collaborate. I did a version of that sort of strategic team that involved a representative from each of the major departments uh, and users in one of the agencies. I called it the CPO's council. The purpose here was to get people that had the end user perspective involved in developing solutions for issues that needed to be addressed and to prioritize how to address them or in what order. Even though I had deputy level members in that group, it was still a working group. The purpose here was to give the end user a voice in the, in the process improvement initiatives and the prioritization of those initiatives. This was highly, highly effective because instead of having to deal with the naysayers, they were actively contributing to the solutions and were going, that were going to be implemented. So they were active participants. They were engaged and delivered outcomes that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. So engagement is very important, particularly in a transformation process. You have to recognize that you cannot do everything alone. And if you decide to do it alone, it's going to take a very, very long time. In a transformation, there is an opportunity to leverage the expertise of others and their strengths to have a better outcome and enable everyone to feel ownership of the transformation process or a portion of it. This inclusive environment helps achieve the support that you need while going through that transformation process. I want to clarify that these strategic teams were in addition to the day-to-day work. These were additional projects that people were involved in, but they they were going to have to be involved in in one way or another. So might as well take the lead in some of the initiatives. And so that worked very well because that gave them ownership of and and active participation in, in a say, actually, in what was going to be done and implemented and the changes that they were going to have to go through. So that worked very well. Well, okay, friends, that's all I have for today. Don't forget to visit my website, www.lourdescause.com, for programs on leadership. I have a link for upcoming webinars and events. I'll put a link on the notes section of the podcast if you'd like to subscribe to my leadership newsletter. If your chapter has not yet subscribed to the 2021 webinar program, you can still participate. Links to the webinars are on my website on the events page. You'll find a link there. Finally, I'm taking part in Change Your World Movement, initiated by Dr. John C. Maxwell by leading a transformation table. My current table is full, but reach out to me if you're interested. I'm considering starting another one. So remember that together we can make a difference. 
Okay, friends, thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on the transformation journey. Until then, be well, my friend. Until next time, add value, grow, and transform.